Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if we recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store, and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app for both platforms. It's very well done, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you live. Hello, friends. Welcome once again to uh, my, what I call Footsteps with Impact Prayer Casts by Afri Christ. Today, I'm going to tell you my name. My name is Sam Kawesa. I know a lot of people have asked me, how come you don't tell us your name? We love this podcast. So there you go. Sam Kawesa here at AfriChrist Prayer Ministries. Today we are going to be talking about uh, getting out of a pit or climbing out of a pit or a ditch. And what I mean by that is that it could be anything. It could be a ditch of depression. It could be a ditch um, because of um, family issues. It could be a ditch financially. And whatever it is, basically I'm talking about something that you are falling in, you can't get out of, you don't seem to be getting out of, and you're looking around, you're grabbing everything, and nothing seems to be working. But the worst part is you're blaming yourself, you're blaming God, and you're blaming everybody else around around you. Let me tell you something. One of the things that Satan wants to do to you is to shift the blame game from him to anybody, including yourself. Now, the first thing you do, first of all, most people, they don't even realize it, is you blame yourself. Oh, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have been with you. I shouldn't have gone here. I shouldn't have invested here. And it's true. It may be so that you shouldn't have. But the blame game should never be on you because the misleading did not come from you. It came from Satan himself because the Bible calls him the deceiver. He deceives us. He brings things to us. He makes people be what they are not to us. For example, you meet someone and you think, oh, this is going to be my wife. This is going to be my uh, husband. And you're so convinced and the devil deceives you. Now, this person is not a judgment on them. But basically what's happening is that you are thinking that this is it. But the first thing you should do in things like that, whether it's a relationship or business, is go to God. And most of us, many times, we do not ask God, Christian or not, we do not ask God where to lead us. But I want you to remember one thing. In Jeremiah 29, 11, the Bible says that uh, God tells us and promises 
uh, makes this promise to the, the children of Israel. But you know that God used Israel as an example, as an imprint for us to look at, to see the things that he promised them. Because the Bible also says in Hebrews that the promises of Abraham are for us who are believers in Christ Jesus. So once you believe in Christ Jesus, every promise that was made to the children of Israel belongs to you because the children of Israel, they are descendants of Abraham and is the father of that nation. So uh, anyway, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, uh, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope, plans to prosper you. Now, a lot of people, when, uh, when they hear the word prosper, they just associate it with just with money. But prosper actually uh, can apply to so many different things. For example, the, uh, the definition of prosper in uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary says, there are two definitions that they give. They say, to succeed in an enterprise or activity, especially to achieve economic success. The second one is, to become strong and flourishing. And then they also give uh, synonyms for that. So the other word for prosperity is to burgeon or to flourish or to thrive. So you see, prosperity in that verse does not necessarily mean financial, but that means you thrive in everything. You thrive in your relationships. You, uh, you flourish in your relationships with people. You flourish in your business. You flourish in your uh, spirituality. You prosper in everything. So once you get that uh, in your head that, you know what, God wants me to prosper. He doesn't want me to, uh, to fail in this situation. He doesn't want me in a ditch. And so from that, we can say that, you know, anytime we fall in a ditch, if we hang on to that scripture alone as a peg, for us, then we know that we are going to get out of that ditch. But you know, the first thing that we have to do though is to realize that we have to stop the blame game. Otherwise, it becomes the end game. Now, I always tell people that do not make God a comma in your life. When you make God a comma in your life, then the devil becomes the full stop or the period in your life. And many times that's what happens in situations is that when we are making these decisions, when we are coming up to all these, uh, whether we are preparing for marriage, whether we are preparing for uh, a business, even a simple thing or something we may think as simple as picking a school where you're going to go to, we don't ask God. And God is out there where he says, wait a minute, I have a plan for you. Ask me for the road plan, the road map for your life. And my plan is good, is to help you to succeed in every area, to prosper in every area. But, you know, we don't go to him. He becomes a comma in our lives. What, what do I mean by a comma? Say, for example, you are preparing for a marriage. And, you know, you've been like this Christian. You go to church. Praise the Lord. I got a husband. I got a wife. Blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to planning your marriage or your wedding, God is not part of it. Or you just remember, oh, we need to pray for the... Uh, say, no, you don't even say pray for. You say, let's say grace for the food. You know, so before you all party and everything, then you start, uh, you know, you call God, which is okay. You call, you call on God to bless this food, blah, 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 blah. It is okay. But then, even in then, it's like a comma in your party, a comma in your life. What's the other way to make God a comma in your life? 
you are going to start a business and you're preparing all these loans or whatever it is. You may have the money and you don't need a loan. But then as you're preparing your plans to get started and say you decide, oh, I'm going to go into this kind of business or I'm going to go and build my place, my hotel, wherever it is in this city, in this place. And you never ask the Lord, is this the right place to be? Is this the right place to go? How much money should I put in? Believe it or not, God will give you hints on everything, everything. So before you invest in a business, you go to him. You ask him, how much should I put in this venture? How should I do it? And you leave it at that. God will show you, will give you wisdom, will give you thoughts you never thought of, will bring people to you, will bring advisors. The Bible says that, you know, out of a multitude of advisors, there is safety. That's in Proverbs. And so everything that we need, God has provided for. And when you go to my blog, you're going to see these scriptures. I'll have them, you know, written out, including um, what scriptures they are. Because I just know them, and I may not even remember what part of the Bible they are, or what um, book of the Bible they are, and, and verse, but I know they are there. And in my blog, that uh, will, will be concurrent with this uh, podcast, you're going to find those scriptures there. So you can... Flip over and get my um, script, uh, scriptures. Now, if you do not have a way to get them, you can uh, download our app, AfriChrist uh, Afri uh, Prayer Ministries app, from either the Google or Play Store or from the Apple um, from the Apple uh, App Store. And uh, you can download this app, and it, everything is on there. It's a very wonderful app. A lot of people love them. It's been a blessing to others. Now... When you look at those scriptures, you're going to see, read it, read what I've written. And then you'll see now, the blame game has to stop. Why does the blame game has to stop? Let me give you an example. I'll use the regular thing. You know, when you go driving, when you start driving, you go to driving school or someone teaches you how to drive. And then you go to, uh, in USA, they say the Secretary of State or the Department of Licensing in other countries and um, you, they test you, they give you a booklet, they say these are the rules of the road, this is what you do, they show you the signs, the pictures of the signs, they show you everything. And then you go do your driving classes, lessons from whoever teaches you, and then after that you go take the test, the written test, and then they say, yeah, you're fit. Now when you go to drive, guess what? You bought your car, like they say, you made your bed, you know, sleep in it. Well, you bought your car, you took the tests, supposedly, hopefully, you did the learning, and now you are on the road. When an accident happens, you don't go back and start blaming uh, the Department of Licensing for giving you a license, for showing you the rules, and you don't read them, uh, or follow them, for speeding, but they warned you if you speed, if you see a sign it says 50 miles per hour, 150 kilometers per hour, whatever it is, that's what you go up to and under. Now, if you speed and a cop stops you, you don't you know, start blaming him. Now, the thing is this. Many times we blame God for things that have happened to us. He could have stopped me. He could have did, done this. But you know... God is such a God that the Bible says, in, I believe in Second Peter, that um, he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. That means everything that we need for being godly people he has given us. 
everything that we need to live a life he has given us. So how do we find it? You go in his word. You be a praying person. You understand that if you're in that kind of environment, of, of godly environment as far as, you know, reading his word, going to him uh, as in prayer, asking him questions. Don't hesitate to ask God questions. How do I do this? Is this wrong or right? Now, God may not speak in a booming voice or send you a fax or a text or a tweet. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I call the book of Proverbs the God's tweet book. Yeah, you could find it in the tweet book. But you know what? God will bring somebody, will send someone, will show you something, will speak to you. The Bible says that He speaks. God speaks to us in many ways, in visions, in dreams, and in His Word. So you know what? God still speaks to us. So you have to ask Him, and He will show you. He never fails. So now, instead of blaming everybody else, you blame your pastor. Oh, he's the one who waited me. He should have known that this man or this woman is going to be like this. Wait a minute. Even when it comes to divorce, the Pharisees were attacking Jesus. They said, wait a minute. Is it okay for a man to divorce a wife? Moses allowed us. He gave us the papers of divorce. But Jesus told them, he says, it was not so from the beginning, but because of your stubbornness, he allowed you and gave you the papers. So the same thing here. If your pastor is the one who wedded you with this crazy man or crazy woman, guess what? Out of your stubbornness, he gave you the paper. But the thing is this, he cannot determine how you're going to live your marriage. He cannot determine how you're going to deal with people. You could have told him all kinds of stuff. You came to him all lovey-dovey with this guy, remember? Or with this woman, remember? You came and you had all these plans. Then when things fall apart, you start blaming him. You blame your mother. You blame his mother or her mother. You blame her friends. You blame your friends. But all you're doing is bring, making it a wider circle of pain by including other people. Take responsibility for your own actions in this thing. When you take responsibility for your speeding, for your driving, yes, the roads may have been rough and tough, and yes, you may have come into a ditch in the road, but you know what? Most times, even in a road full of ditches, if you drive according to the conditions that you see, guess what? You are not going to have an accident because not everybody gets an accident when the road is rough. So go to God, even when things are rough. Let's say you get married. Let's say you get into this business and things are falling apart. You know what? God is good enough to you and to the other people involved that he will help turn the situation around. You have to be patient with him now. Because now you are off track. You know, think of it this way. It's like having your GPS. See, in the old days, the GPSs would say, recalculating, recalculating. So, you, you know, you're at ease. Oh, it's recalculating. That's if you take the wrong route. But these days, they are so good, they just let you go. And when you look again, it's saying, when you reach road, blah, 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 make a right. When you reach a name, you may think that actually you're still on the old plan, but you're not. But because you are veered off to another one, it knows how to get you from there back to your destination. It may take you longer because now you're taking a roundabout route, 
But guess what? It will get you there. Be patient with it. Okay? Look at it. Look in the Word. The same thing with God. He's, you know, uh, God's GPS. God's purposeful spirit. GPS. God's purposeful spirit will direct you to your destination, but you have to allow to listen to that GPS. Or else if you keep saying, oh, I've never seen this place before, or I don't know if this is, and then you start making it worse, you may, get up, you may end up in another ditch. So now, my thing to those who are in these kind of situations, go back to God. Let me give you a story of a biblical example of GPS. In the book of uh, um, Genesis, when, Mo, uh, when uh, Abraham and his uh, nephew Lot were separating and they had been so successful but the land was too small for them to use the same land. So the Bible says this in Genesis thirteen six. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's stock and the herdsmen of, li- li- uh, of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abraham said to Lot, Please, let there be no strife between us, between you and me, and between our herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. And so Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. And verse 11 says, then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abraham dwelt in the land of the Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. So you see, Lot chose. They they were choosing. Um, God was showing them where to go, and Lot chose made the choice to choose Sodom and Gomorrah. And we know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. But even then, God saved Lot. Now, Lot made a bad choice because Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed as we know. But God gave him an escape plan too. So when he sent the angels to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, in uh, chapter 19, verse 15, he says, uh, he gave him a plan. He told them that, please, we have to run out of here in the morning. We got to go. But one of, he gave him instructions again. He says, when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry saying, Arise and take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the uh, city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand and his wife's hand and, and of his daughters. And Lord, being merciful to him, they brought him out and set him outside. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, Escape from for your life. Do not look behind. Uh, no stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Now notice the angel told them, do not look behind. But uh, in verse uh, 26 it's of the same chapter, it says, But his wife looked back behind him and became a pillar of salt. And I always tell people, do not look behind. Once God starts to turn you around, do not look behind. The blame game causes you to look behind and your situation or yourself are going to become a pillar of salt. You do not want that in your life. So when God says, I'm turning this situation around and he tells you, run, go this way or the other, 
He gives you his GPS. Do not look back. Do not blame others. Do not blame yourself or else you or your situation is going to be a pillar of salt. I've warned people so many times, do not become a pillar of salt. Don't let your marriage become a pillar of salt. Don't let your business become a pillar of salt. But they look back. Instead of following God's new directions, that renewed GPS, that recalculated GPS, God's purposeful spirit will direct you to the right direction to your end game. If you do not, your situation will become a pillar of salt. One thing about salt, sodium chloride, those who know the chemistry of it, once you pour water of it on it, it melts. Don't let the devil pour water on you because you became a pillar of salt in your situation, in your business. Just follow the new instructions from God, okay? Don't dare, don't dare say that God got you here and you don't want to listen to him. No, God never did. You got yourself in that mess, in that ditch. But get, uh, God is willing to get you out of it. But now, because he has to recalculate, the things that he's going to use to get you out are going to be different than if you follow the right track. Now, when God comes to help us out in a situation, we are supposed to listen to him all the way. He says, get here, do this, follow. It may be hard at times, but guess what? It is possible. So now, instead of blaming the Department of Licensing for your issues of the accident, now next time, when you see a stop sign, you stop. When you see a yield sign, you yield. When you see a speed sign, follow the speed limit. So that your blame game is no longer on the person who commissioned you to drive or gave you. You know, they give you an operator's license. They will continue to give people operators licenses, but guess what? Some people do die driving. Does it? Do you now blame the government for giving you a license to, you know, why is the government giving us licenses? You know, because people are dying in these cars, accidents, blah, blah, blah. No, the government will continue to give people, they expect you to be responsible for your driving. The same thing with God. He will continue to bless people. He will continue to show you where to go, what to do. But guess what? You have to follow certain guidelines. And you know what? It's not that hard. But many times we are impatient. We just want to have it right now, you know. Get the ball and, kick and, and go running. Now, God is a God of a second chance. You know, as I told you before, he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And he knows it. And God is true to his word. In fact, the Bible says, I believe in Proverbs again, it says that God's word is proven. Oh, it's in the Psalms. God's word is proven. In other words, the, he has a track record. He has a track record. Why don't we trust him? Why don't we trust him? Because in ourselves also, God has given the freedom to choose. He's that kind of God. He's a God of love. He has given you the choice. When you get your driver's license, they don't, and you live in a certain city, they don't say you can only drive in this city. No. Once you get that car, go to the gas station, put in your gas, petrol, petrol station, put in your petrol, and guess what? You can drive anywhere you want. He, uh, they have given you the freedom to drive anywhere the same way he has given us everything that pertains to life 
and godliness. We make the choices, but he has given us an area where to drive, area where to thrive, area where to prosper. That's why he says, I know the plans I have for you. And they are for good, they are not for evil. They are not to lead you in an accident. You know, when you get your driver's license, the driver's license is for good. To get you places, to get you to work, to get you to school, to move things around. It's not to give you accidents. That's what God is saying here too. You know, you are God's anointed, by the way. So one thing is this. When you are chosen by God to do something, and every one of us, God has given us a purpose in life. And in that purpose, he has given us people to surround, you know, surrounded us people to be around. He has given us families. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 139 that he knew us before we are formed in our mother's wombs. So he knew which mother this, this um, soul is going to be um, nurtured for nine months. He knows which father is going to come in union with the mother to create a body, a house for this soul, okay? So he has given you everything. He has given you a family. He has given you friends. The Bible says also in Acts that he's one who determines uh, the places of our abode. That's why many times, you know, immigrations and migrations of people, those are all planned by God. And anyone who tries to interfere, you know, let me give you an example for those of you who say, oh, everybody's entering our country or the other country, blah, 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 blah. When Jesus, when Jesus was in danger of being killed by Herod as a young, as a baby, God, through a dream, spoke to his father, his adopted father, Joseph. He says, take that child and the mother to Egypt. He told him to go to the Arab country, an African Arab country, to run for safety until Herod died, until Herod's time was over. When he crossed that border, the Bible does not even tell us one place where he was stopped at the border and, and asked for the visa. Nope, he just went through because the Bible says that all the earth and therein belongs to him. And so what that means is that when God says, I want you to be here, he says he created all of us in one blood. That's in uh, the book of Acts. And he determined the places, the borders where we live. So God determined where you are. God is not surprised by Acts. Oh, oh this guy is, hmm, this white man is in South Africa. Oh my God, they are coming. No, 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 no. He determined it. He knows where everyone is going to be. The problem is when we get to those places, we don't do as he has called us to do. We are supposed to be people who have dominion over where we are. Remember, in the, uh, in the Bible, he told the children of Israel that whatever city you are in, in the country of your refuge, prosper in that, uh, in that city. Pray for that city. Have children, have families, and prosper. And so the same thing he does with every immigrant everywhere. That's why, like, United States is a country of immigrants. It should be the pride fulfillment of God's word. Because this country has a spirit that's amazing. They, they, you know, that causes people to thrive in their minds, in their freedoms. 
to invent things because when you look at it look at google look at apple look at all those you know uh, look at uh, intel all those uh, companies which are now running <laughs> uh, computers running everything including the ones i'm using right now those people their parents or they themselves were immigrants. How come they could not thrive in the countries of origin? Because there is a certain spirit in the United States, the spirit that prospers people, that flourishes people. And if we destroy it, it is to our detriment because China is coming. You know what? Other countries are coming. Prosperity financially now belongs to everywhere. You go to any Arab countries, you go to uh, Abu Dhabi, you go to uh, those countries, you will see things that you've never seen in the West. You'll see supermarkets that where you don't even need to go. You know, you just go and pick up because you ordered everything and then there are no uh, cashiers in there because everything is done uh, computerized. You go to the UAE, you'd be amazed at the things that you see. So the prosperity financially can belong to anybody, can be from anybody. So God wants us to flourish in, in many other areas. One place that um, United States flourishes is the freedom. The freedom of the mind, the freedom of worship, the freedom of invention, those kind of things. Guess what? We, that's a direct result of uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. And, you know, God told Paul when he was scared and he was going someplace, he told him to go somewhere. He told him that, hey, I have my people in that city. And I found that to be true. God always has his people in every city of the world. Whenever you go, when he sends you, you go. So now, I veered off to that area to show you that your prosperity, your flourishing can be anywhere. If you are in a ditch right now, whether it be emotional ditch, whether it be a uh, um, marriage ditch, whether it be financial ditch, God wants you out. God wants you out more than anybody else because he has a plan on top of that. You imagine yourself, you have, uh, think of, um, think of uh, Joseph. Joseph was sold by his brothers. He was put in a well, which was a ditch, literally a ditch. But Joseph never got angry at them. In fact, when they came to see him in Egypt, when he had become everything again in Egypt, in an Arab African country, he saved his people from Egypt. The Bible says that he told them, do not even think of being mad at yourself for having sold me because God had this plan for us. God had this plan for us, for me to save the family and the country. So now I want you to know this, that he was put in a ditch. But from that ditch, God had a plan. He had a Jeremiah 29, 11 waiting on him out there. And when Joseph got out of that ditch, we know the story of Joseph. He went to the Pharaoh's home. He, I mean, he became everything. He became the planner. He became the number two man in Egypt. And God gave him the plan to feed the whole country and those surrounding during a famine that was going to come. But, you know, he was following God's plan despite being in a ditch. So you may be in a ditch and you're blaming yourself and everybody else. But God has a plan for you. He has a Jeremiah 29, 11 plan for you, waiting for you. You know, the Bible says that if we lack wisdom, 
if we need to ask God, in uh, uh, James, I believe that's one, uh, chapter 1, verse 5 and 7. Yeah, in fact it is. Let me read it for you here. I have it on my iPad. It says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in, is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should never expect to receive anything from the Lord. So you see, you have to be sold out that he is going to get me out of this ditch. I need his wisdom and his wisdom is enough. Once you settle that in your mind, in your spirit, God will make things work out for you. He'll bring people that you need for planning. He'll bring this one from here. He'll bring finances. He'll bring advisors, whether it's a business, whether it's a marriage, whatever it is, God is going to bring it. But you know what we do? We start shivering. We start shivering like we have a fever. You know, we have this jungle fever, you know. You start shivering. You start getting your own um, uh, ibuprofen to get better. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. You know, and I'm talking about not ibuprofen in the natural, me being a pharmacist. But, I'm, you know, with that thing, we try to feed ourselves with our own medicine. But God says, no, if you like it, just don't waver. Stand on him. Stand and you'll see his hand deliver you. So now, my friends... If you are in a situation like that, if you are in, and I'm not trying to belittle the situation that you may be in, I'm not trying to belittle the suffering that you have gone through or are going through, I'm not trying to belittle even sickness. Let me tell you, we have had sickness in my family. My wife was diagnosed with cancer, and that woman, I remember going to the hospital after they took out this big tumor and they cut out um, 12 inches of her um uh, um, intestines. She told, she looked me in the eye and said, if they come back and tell me that it is cancer, she said, I'm going to fight it. I had never seen this in her eyes. I knew it wasn't her. And I looked at her and I said, I will be with you. Guess what? She went through the chemo. We, went, we were advised, oh, well, you know, really, we took everything out. You can either have chemo or you may, uh, you know, you can just go. The cancer is gone because we cut everything out and we took out 12 inches, you know. But we went to the Lord and God says, take the chemo. Now, you know the problems with chemotherapy. You know the side effects. I certainly do know uh, because of my uh, vocation, because of what I do. One of the things is that you lose hair. But you know what? We stood on God's word. Now, listen very carefully. I'm not saying everyone who loses hair or goes through the side effects, they're wrong. But let me tell you, this is our testimony, okay? What happened is... I knew the side effects. Many of them she didn't. But I knew because that's my job. I would pray against those side effects. I will go and read even some more about them. And I'm like, man, I don't want my wife to go through this. We believed. When she came out of this chemo, she, her afro was bigger. I remember her going in the bathroom. And when she was all done and she was getting better. And she 
took a chunk of hair from her head. And I thought she had lost everything. But there was so much more hair that her afro was bigger. I even have pictures of her. In, and I, and I'm, I was saying, this is the best headdress I ever seen of her. Something like that on my Facebook. And the thing is this. We came against the side effects because I know in chemo, those drugs can pinpoint and do exactly what they're supposed to do. But in the process, they can also do damage to the good cells. But I know that the God who created the man, woman, the scientist who created the chemo, he gave them the wisdom. But you know what? Some things we as people, we miss. So I know that the side effects came with it. Now, remember I also told you that um, they took out 12 inches of her uh, large intestine? You know, a friend of ours, a doctor who came to visit her in the hospital, after he looked at her and heard the story of what happened and what kind of operation they had, he said, where is your ostomy bag? She said, ostomy? She didn't even know what an ostomy bag is. Guess what? God made it such that she didn't need one. She doesn't need one. She's normal. She does everything normal even today. God can take out the side effects of anything out there, removing that which is not supposed to be there and rejoining everything. My wife is normal. She doesn't desire any laxatives or whatever it is that um, other people need. She doesn't need an ostomy bag. God is good. But God, the same God who decreased the side effect of the fire when they put the Hebrew boys in that burning furnace. And the Bible says that when they threw them in the furnace, the king who threw them in the furnace looked. And when he looked, he said, wait a minute, there's another person in there. When they came out, the Bible says that not even their hair smelled like it was burning. You know why? God took out the side effect of the fire that causes the hair to burn and stink. He took that out and all there was is light. And those people were dancing in there. Guess what? The same thing he can do with your situation. Be it chemo, be it financial. He can take out the pain of inflation. He can take out the pain of interest rates out of your financial loan. He can take out the pain of your relationship. And God, and you look at it and you say, wait a minute. I thought I was hurting because he left me, she left me, but instead I'm thriving because I'm standing on Jeremiah 29, 11. It is possible. It is possible. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Don't let the devil get you in this pit because in the very end, you'll be like Joseph, that at the very end, the people who threw you in the pit, you will meet them on the other side and you will be feeding them. But you know, you won't be feeding them devil food. You'll be feeding them good stuff. That's what Joseph did. He, he loaded their donkeys. He loaded their donkeys with food and told them, go home. And when you go, bring, my fa bring your father and his son who stayed there. But there was so much anointing that they even dared to go tell the father that the man says we have to go back with our young brother. Joseph wanted to see his brother. So you know what? He loaded them. God will load you up so that you can overflow and load others up. Even those who put you in a ditch, they will be coming to you. Okay? So if it's a relationship, that's what's going to happen. If you lost business, 
guess what? Those same companies that turn you down, you'll be on the other end feeding them with the product. That's how God works, my friend. So I'm encouraging you, please stop blaming other people. Stop blaming yourself. Do not make God a comma in your life or else the devil will become the period in your life. If you make God the chief advisor and listen to his word like he says that if you lack wisdom in James, as, as we read, if you lack wisdom, ask. And he is a generous God. He will give you much more than you even ask for. Anything you can imagine, he says he has given you much more than you could ever imagine or think. You can't even think what he's going to give you. I've seen it in our ministry, prayer ministry. This is a tiny, weeny, weeny ministry by any size when it comes to numbers. But for what it has done, God has provided supporters, oh my God, who are willing, who have trusted that w the integrity of this ministry is such that, that they, they can use this ministry to bless people out there, you know, and Guess what? We pray for them that God may bless them even much, 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 much more because they have trusted his root, his GPS. We are part of God's GPS directions to meeting the, 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 the needs of others. And God is using us. So my friend, remember this scripture. God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has a plan for you. The plan is for good and not for evil. Do not give up. Do not give up. So I'm going to say a short prayer. I call them the prayers of impact. First of all, you need to repent. Calling God out as the one who puts you in this situation. He's not. He is not. Think of it as a department of transportation or whatever it is in your country that gives you a driver's license. They are not the ones who made the decision for you to take a certain road, to make a left or right, so that you can have this accident, or to not stop or to speed. No, they are not. They just gave you a license to drive. Listen, when you make that turnaround, the Bible says that God will remember your sins no more. So do not worry about your missteps. God has your back covered. The key is you come back to him. You stop the blame game so that it will not be the end game of your situation, okay? So now I want you to individualize this little prayer for yourself too. I'm going to say it very simply because you know one thing I've learned when I wrote the book called Praying with Impact, I learned that you don't have to say very long prayers. There's, there's time for that and fasting and prayer. But you don't have to say these extremely long and thou thy thy kind of prayers. No. Just go to God and just ask him. Just like he said in James, that just ask. He's very generous. So I've learned that praying with impact is more of a spirit thing than a word, verbalized word thing. Even though the words are very important, but they have to come from the heart. Because the Bible says, out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. So make sure your, your heart is filled with Jesus. Make sure it's the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, it says that we know not what to pray, but with, uh, in groans and moans. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything, but in groans and moans, the Holy Spirit, who knows the heart of God, gives us a prayer to pray. And so when it's a prayer originating from the Holy Spirit, it has impact. 
It could be just one word like Jesus. And then things happen. You'd be surprised. Because you know what? When God created the universe, when God created the earth, the Bible says in Genesis that he says, light be. I do realize that in the English translation they say, and the, and the God said, let there be light. You know, when he says, let there be light, it's like he's telling somebody else to turn on the switch. Let there be light. And someone turns on the switch. No. But when he says, light be. When you read the real translation from some of those Hebrew Bibles, you'll see it just says, and God, Elohim. And Elohim is a plural of God, meaning Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They were both, they were all three doing it. He said, Elohim said, light be. In other words, once he says, light be, all the elements of light, all the molecules, all the electrons, they just have, wherever they were hiding, they just, roop, roop, roop. And light was. That's praying with impact. That's how God wants us to pray. That's what it says in Romans 8. That we know not what to pray. But he does know. Okay. So when we pray with impact. Things happen. Now we're going to pray with impact. Father in the name of Jesus. I humbly come before you. Lord without you. I am nothing. And I am vulnerable to circumstances. As well as my own errors of judgment. First, Lord, I forgive those who wronged me. And I ask you to forg for forgiveness for my own mistakes, whether verbal or by action. Forgive me, Father, because you say that the blood of Jesus, the pr precious blood of Jesus is able to cleanse us of all unrighteousness and forgive us of everything, Father. So forgive me for where I made my mistakes in this situation. Father, the Bible says that you're the redeemer of time. Please redeem every time, every, every minute that I've wasted, all the time that I've wasted in this situation. Help me move up and get out of this ditch. And let me move in the plan that you have promised for me in Jeremiah 29, 11. Father, I pray for everyone involved in this situation, even those that I had maligned, even those I had wronged, even those I had blamed. I pray for each one of them. May your peace that surpasses all human understanding be in this situation. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you and I know it's done because this is a prayer with impact. Amen. Okay, my friend. Thank you for praying with us. Thank you for listening to what I said, but I hope it encourages you to be the person God called you to be. Stop blaming others. Stop blaming yourself. Look to God. Look to Jesus. Everything will be all right. I know it sounds like cliche, but you know, it is so true. We have seen it in healings. We have seen it, you know, we have like I gave you the testimony of my wife. And in fact, she passed the five-year mark, medical mark of a, a cancer survivor. And it's been that long now, you know, she's okay. And I know your situation will be okay also. Whether it is sickness, whether it is financial, whether it's relationship, just trust that God is with you. And once again, I encourage you to download our app, AfriChrist. When you type in the word AfriChrist on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, once you say AfriChrist, 
it's the only one that pops up. It says Africa Christ Prayer Ministries. Download it, and there's a lot of information on there. Things that will encourage you. Our blog is on there. Our um, um this podcast you can listen from there. But you can also get catch us on uh, Apple iTunes or Spotify. We are on Spotify. You can just download and listen as you go um as you drive, uh, on the airplane, wherever it is. God is good and he's waiting and he has a plan for you. Amen. God bless you. Bye-bye.